Have you ever been excited about a big idea or felt motivated to act on a cause that really lights a fire beneath you? But then the fear of judgment, not knowing the next steps, and just overall self-doubt get in your way? Then you are in the right place. Hello friends, and welcome to Driving Well Indigenous. I'm your host, Jill Featherstone. In this podcast, we will hear from movers and shakers and change makers who are out there doing the work and have come to share their stories to help make our journeys just a little bit more easier. So buckle up and let's get started. Good morning, friends. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're going to talk about storytelling. I've been wanting to record this episode for a really long time. It's a topic that I can't wait to get into. I'm really passionate about and I really want to share my insights with you on storytelling, the power of storytelling and the importance of storytelling. So I consider myself to be a storyteller. I consider all of us to be a storyteller. We all have stories inside. We've all been through things. Even as children, our ability to persuade has brought out our natural storytelling abilities and just strengthened them. But to get into that a little bit more, I'll share my experiences with storytelling in hopes that you can make connections and inferences with the stories that I share. So I consider myself to be a storyteller and not just because I write books, but because I express my heart and my spirit through story. I pass on lessons to my children and to the people that I work with through story. And I use story to create experiences and to link and find common connection with the people that I'm working with. I also love listening to stories. Favorite thing to do when I drive is to listen to memoirs. I love listening to people's memoirs, audiobooks. Some really great memoirs that I've listened to recently were Our Voice of Fire by Brandy Morin and Tina Turner's autobiography. And did you know Tina Turner is part Native American? She was actually very proud of that. I just thought I'd throw that in there. And storytelling is used to inspire and to motivate. And we see it everywhere in our religious practices. We can walk into any venue that's celebrating religion and there'll be people up in the front sharing their testimonials. That's the power of story is the ability to share your vulnerability in hopes that you can help somebody else. And we also see it in ceremony, the sharing of stories, the passing of knowledge, and the illustration of what can't be seen with the human eye. You know, storytelling allows us to go within and paint a picture for ourselves using what we hear and taking our own experiences or our own thoughts, our own imagination and adding to it. I feel that storytelling is a natural gift that I have. And I feel confident in my ability to use my storytelling to make positive impact in the lives of others. So one of the ways that I do that is through my books. I wrote a book called The Tale of Tiger Lily, and I wrote it with the intention of creating a strong female Indigenous role model for our young people. And not just a female role model. I also infused characters in there that were just strong Indigenous role models in general. I really wanted to show our young people that we could also exist so powerfully in mainstream culture because I didn't have that growing up. And a lot of Indigenous writers that um, I've talked to over the years have always said the same thing. They didn't see themselves in those spaces. They didn't see people that look like them in those spaces. And it wasn't just storytellers. It was actors, actresses, musicians, artists. And they wanted to show our young people that we can do these things. And when I was writing Tiger Lily, I always made sure that 
I didn't just tell an entertaining story, but that I infused lessons and symbolism and imagery and moments where you could just take great pride in being an Indigenous person. I've also begun writing a second book, and this book is going to be a self-help book. And in this book, I'm also going to use stories from my life to bring the reader through their own journey of personal development. But where I use storytelling the most is in my facilitating. So storytelling is a characteristic of a good facilitator. Like I mentioned earlier, stories are used to engage and illustrate your topic, and they're used to link common experiences and emotions. However, storytelling is an element that needs to be well thought out in advance because storytelling opens up your vulnerability and you should only allow yourself to be vulnerable once an environment of mutual respect has been established. I've seen instances where people are invited to share their story. Sometimes they'll be invited to share a story of, you know, overcoming hardship. And any story where you're overcoming something that, you know, has a lot of trauma linked to it and that may take you into a dark time in your life, you know, you should only do that when you've established a safe space. And I've seen sometimes speakers will be invited to share these stories with young people or with any people. And that environment hasn't been set. And all of a sudden the speaker is up there breaking themselves open and, you know, the audience hasn't been fully prepped for it. You know, there may still be people walking in and out, answering cell phones, laughing in the corners, you know, having conversations with each other because the tone and the atmosphere of the room that hasn't been prepped properly. So I always want to warn people beforehand, read your audience. Disclose only when you feel comfortable because disclosure shows your willingness to trust. And when you allow people a glimpse into your life, it humanizes you and you become relatable. But always make sure that you've set the stage beforehand. You know, you've built that trust with each other and you've built the trust in the audience that they're ready to receive your story and listen to your instinct. There have been times when I've been up on stage and I felt so comfortable. I could slide right into the stories, you know, right into the really vulnerable stuff. But there have also been times where I thought I was going to get up and share a very personal story. And I'm up there and I'm like, no, there, there's no way that I'm going to do this. I'm going to have to think fast. I'm going to have to redirect. And I'm going to have to pull back a little bit and share something else because the audience isn't ready to receive that information from me. They're not ready to ex receive that experience and that exchange of energy. And it's okay. It's okay to redirect. Even if, you know, somebody is expecting that specific story from you or to take them into that specific level of emotion. If you don't feel comfortable, if you don't feel that it's going to be received the way that you want it to, then you're well within your right to hold back. Because in the end, you're the one that's going to feel broken open. And it's not, a, it's not a good feeling to leave a space where you feel vulnerable and broken open and sometimes even embarrassed because you've shared too much in a space that wasn't prepared for that experience. But when they are ready, it's such a powerful, amazing, wonderful connection. You know, I've been moved to tears more times than I can even remember. I've shared tears with audience members. I've sat in groups with young people and elders and have cried with them because our stories are so powerful, the stories that we're sharing with each other. You know, when I host workshops, 
I always encourage people to share their stories. I always make time to sit and listen to people's stories and pause whatever we're doing to allow somebody to share their stories because they're so important. I firmly and truly believe that it isn't the material in the binders that I'm presenting or the PowerPoints or the research that I've done. That's not what's going to help our young people. It's the messages and the lessons in our stories, our own personal stories. That's what's really going to take our young people further. And as Indigenous people, our own people could not exist today without the use of stories to hand down lessons and knowledge from past generations. We pride ourselves on our legacy being kept alive by our stories and our ability to learn from this transfer of wisdom and experience. But as our society has evolved, so have the nature of our stories. You know, many of us do not encompass the creation stories and legends of our people, but that doesn't mean that our stories have no value. As long as your stories come from the heart, are genuine, and are told with the intention to help, they are just as valuable as the ancient stories of long ago. I'd like to share one of my stories with you today. So I graduated back in 1999, two years later than I was supposed to graduate. You know, I just had this history of dropping out of school, being kicked out of school, was pregnant as a teenager. I graduated late, so I was probably about 19 or 20 when I graduated. And during our graduation ceremony, we were all presented with eagle feathers. And, you know, there was no teaching given about the eagle feather. We, You know, we were just given eagle feathers. And I think I need to throw this in there. The person who actually gave us the eagle feathers was actually a non-Indigenous person you know, just kind of handed them out. I don't even know where she got them from. So after graduation, a bunch of my friends, we all went to the bar. We were all above age already. Um, we went to the bar, had a few drinks, and I left all of my stuff in the seat of the van, including my eagle feather. So my cousin came, um, she dropped us off. And then when she came back to pick us up for the supper, she had this look on her face and she was like, I'm so sorry. She said, I ran inside for just a minute and I... I left the van door open and the dog got into the vehicle and he chewed up your feather. I'm so sorry. I tried to fix it. And so she was holding this like wet mangled feather in front of me and she was trying to smooth it out and everything. And then I said to her, I was like, it's okay. You know, like no problem. It's okay. Just don't worry about it. So, you know, when I said that to her, I meant it like it was okay because at the time, I didn't know anything about an eagle feather. You know, I didn't have any teachings. I didn't have any regard for the feather or even for my culture. I, I didn't have any any experience. And, you know, life went on, life went forward. And I remember a few years later, we were in a setting where people were talking about the eagle feather. And I remember sharing my story about the dog that chewed up my feather, you know, thinking it was funny, ha ha ha. And there was an elder that was present in the room. And then he just looked at me and he said, you dishonored that feather. Creator took that feather away from you. And he's not going to give it back to you until you're ready. That feather is not going to come back into your life until you're ready for it. And then again, I remember thinking like, okay, I, again, still just really young and ignorant. I didn't have any, any real thoughts on, on it, but I remembered his words, you know, I, and I carried them with me for a long time. So as I got older and became an adult and I started learning about who I was and I started learning about intergenerational trauma and you know the reason that I was so disconnected from my culture and that many people were so disconnected from our cultures. 
I found that I began longing for my feather. I began wondering, when is it going to come back into my life? When am I going to deserve it? And then I began looking for it. And then I became a university professor. And sometimes we would be invited to speak on stages. And I would see this, you know, row of eagle feathers lined up. And I'd be like, oh, this is the day. This is the day I'm going to get my feather. And I'd be really excited. And then they would call my name. And then they would hand me a card. You know, I wouldn't get my feather. And I found that just as the years went by, I began waiting for it. I began longing for it. And I was you know, well into my 30s when um, I began sharing this story of my feather and incorporating it into my lessons. So as a university professor, I was um, a teacher of teachers. You know, I taught in the Bachelor of Education program, and I would use this story to help illustrate the topic of storytelling. And, you know, I'd always end it with saying like, and I'm still waiting for my feather. I know it's coming. And One morning I was getting ready to go to class and I was going out of town to teach. I'm what you call a traveling professor. So I was heading to the PA, Manitoba to go and teach a course. And I remember that morning thinking about a student. There was a student that was, um, had graduated a couple of years before. And I found myself thinking about her and just wondering where she was and what she was up to these days. And I know that the reason I was thinking about her is because she reminded me of myself. And I was hoping that I would run into her just to catch up. So I'm on my way to class and it's the day that I'm going to use, I'm going to tell my feather story in class that morning. So I'm on my way to class and I round the corner at the university and there she was. She was standing there and I was like, hey, Melissa, how are you? And she was excited to see me. And she's like, I was hoping I would see you here. She's like, I'm only here for a month. I'm subbing. And I was hoping I'd run into you because I have something for you. So she ran um, to her office space and she came back and she was holding this um, like a blue case. And she said, a couple of years ago, I was up north on an archaeological dig and I was watching this eagle and he was pulling his feathers off and I think it's called pruning and two feathers fell down in front of me. So I laid down tobacco and I picked up the feathers and she said, and I kept one for myself and she said, but there was another feather there and I didn't know who it belonged to. So I decided to keep it and I figured that one day I'll find its owner. She said, so my daughter made this case and it's just this beautiful blue case that I wish I could show you. And then she opened up the case and then she pulled out this gorgeous eagle feather. And she said, and now I know who this belongs to. She said, this is your feather. She said, I want to present this feather to you on behalf of myself and all of the students that you've ever taught for all of the wisdom and knowledge that you've shared with us over the years. So I gave her, you know, a big hug, thanked her. So grateful, so unexpected. And when I walked into class that day to share the story of my feather, I had a feather to go along with my story. And, you know, I keep it, I keep it so safe now. I make sure that when, especially when we travel and we have to go long distances and we have the kids with us and I'm always like, where's my feather? And I'll be asking my husband, where's my feather? 
But you know, what it really symbolizes for me is the journey that we're all on. And each one of us is on a journey. And everybody's journey is different. And everybody's at different stages of learning and connecting and reconnecting. And everybody looks to different teachers and to different ways of connecting with their inner strength and their identity. You know, we're all here for a time trying to navigate through life and through our struggles and our challenges in between moments of beauty and wonder. Let's be kind to one another and remember not to judge one another for where we are in our journeys and where somebody else is in their journey, especially, you know, when someone else's journey looks different from our own. Let's build one another up and let's keep sharing our stories with each other, you know, with our children and our grandchildren and our young people with the world and use our stories to help and to heal. Love you guys. Have a fabulous day. Thank you for listening, and I hope you were able to find a takeaway from this episode. Don't forget to share with a friend who may need some motivation today, or share on your social media and inspire all your friends. Bye for now. Bye.